What's happening with it? This is Slink Johnson, a.k.a. Black Jesus, your Lord and Savior. And you're listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network. How you love that? You are listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network, featuring Pod of Thrones and the Shiznit. When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. There is no middle ground. Welcome back to another episode of the Pod of Thrones. I am your king in the West, King Dino Red. <laughs> and in this week, standing in for Lord Latone, my right-hand rider die, we have Sir Lamont Stewart. I take that. Thank you. So, <laughs> glad to be here. A.K.A. Braun. <laughs> Braun represented this week. Um, yeah, he came, hey. came through big time. Uh, Latone had a family emergency and could not be here this evening. It feels very weird being here without him because since he's joined the show, I have not done one without him. So it feels very, very weird. It feels like something's missing. But um, our thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family at this time. And... Uh, we send you guys speed, brother. All right. So with that, we're going to have take up the mantle for uh, Latone in his absence. That's and right. And I will handle the recapping. All right. So the show starts off. We're in a uh, high garden with uh, Jamie and Braun, right? Yes. We're with the uh, the carriage of the Lannister people. There's the Lannister flag, and they're on their way, taking all the goods they got from. Well, what is the place where Lady High Garden? Is? Okay, so they're taking it out of there, and there's the cart of gold, and Jamie opens it up, and they uh, he's grabbing a bag, and he's giving it to Bron. Yeah, and Bron have some words. Bron is bitching about not getting this castle, even though he's been paid handsomely along the way, and he's he's he knows that. As a matter of fact, he's probably heard the Lannisters pay their debts more than any other human being on the face of the earth and is tired of it more than anybody else. But yet he still continues to act as if he doubts that, that the Lannisters will come through for him when, in fact, every Lannister does ever promise them something they have all delivered. But yet yeah. still he continues to sit there and bitch and moan and bitch and moan and act like he's not getting his due, his just rewards. Bron reminds me, you know who he reminds me of? Bron, Bron reminds me of that nigga that, like, when you you got your boy, uh, you, your coworker or something, whatever, and you a little short or something, and it's not quite, you ain't got quite enough cash to make it till payday. It's like a week and a half to payday. And you say, hey, man, let me hold five until payday. And he's like, sure, no problem. I'll let you hold five until payday. So motherfucker already know he going to get his on payday, <laughs> but he's still up in your face every single day up until payday asking for his. Where my five dollars at? Where my money at, nigga? Hey, well, hey, don't you owe me something? You got something for me? You got something for me? Motherfucker, is it payday yet? No. Nah, then shut up. 
Okay. That's Braun. You put a lot of work into that, and I respect that. <laughs> but <laughs> and just, just like a Stark would say, usually what comes after the butt is a bunch of shit. Anyway. <laughs> exactly. But Braun, the squeaky wheel. First of all, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And I don't think Braun's really like bringing it up. Like He's bringing it up now when the gold is in the face and a, and a castle is in eye shot. You know what I'm saying? This is the time to say something. And it's not like he isn't holding it down. He's teaching Jamie to fight. You know, he got a couple of those Tyrion, the Lannisters pay their debts from Tyrion too. You know, so they've been sprinkled on his head. But, you know, like you say, they paid. Right. That's what I'm saying. He's been promised things from three different yeah. three different Lannisters. And he's been paid every single time eventually. So shut the fuck up and do your job and quit bitching and moaning. You just got a, a big ass sack full of gold. Come on, man. You, you'll get your you'll get your castle. I know Jamie and Tyrion. Who's the third? Cersei. Cersei. What'd she also, have him do. She made promises uh, to him too. That's how he. For, that's how. He, that's how he. Be, how, that's how he got into their service to begin with. Yeah. And from, what was his job? Do you remember? I. I can't. I. Yeah. I, man. Come yeah, on. It was a while ago. Yeah, right? it was a while ago. Okay, so Bron. Oh, the Tarly dude comes up, and he like, I want to start flogging these people to make them go faster. I believe in this scene is when he said the gold was going ahead. That's why I don't believe when all the stuff that comes later, the gold was involved. Right. Because they said they were straggling behind or whatever. So I think the gold went ahead. And so he wanted to flog people, whatever. And so they were getting to go faster. And then Cersei is next in the room with the guy from the bank. What's his name there? Yes. The bank? Yeah, from uh, the Iron Bank. Okay. So they're talking. She, he's like gassing her up. Yeah, your dad, he paid, but man, you're paying and paying faster. Oh, but I think you still got more to go. Yeah, uh, you yeah. gonna want some more money? You gonna do some <laughs> more business? Yeah, he like that. He like the dude from the bank uh, that got the uh, the title on your on your house, your mortgage. Just like, okay, it's nice when you know you pay off your whole mortgage and everything, but at the same time, <laughs> we kind of want you to take. 30 years because we yeah. want to get all that interest because you know when you pay it all up front like that you knocking hundreds of thousands of dollars you know off the off the uh the money that they would get so it's like we got mixed feelings about this it's like it's kind of cool that you're paying it all off like this but at the same time we kind of wish you was making them 30 year payments yeah yeah <laughs> but that's and that's he's getting her back in hey hey you want a toaster yeah. <laughs> All right. Cersei, like, I don't, I don't pay back my, uh, I don't pay back it one slice at a time. I'm gonna give you the whole loaf. And she's making proud, and that's why he was also like, you know, and whenever I like that he shut her down, like, and I'm paying this. He's like, eh, eh, when we have it in hand, then we'll talk like that. But for now, let's presume that you do. I like that he kind of put it in perspective for her. Right. It's all business. All right. So we ready to move on? Yeah. All right, so next you have Littlefinger dangling a dagger in front of a crippled boy. Oh, by the way, the dagger that was used to potentially kill him. Right, exactly. By the, you had the same dagger that the assassin used to try to kill him when he was just a young boy recovering from his, his injury after uh, Jamie had pushed him out the tower. <laughs> While he was fucking his sister. Right. That was a hell of a way to introduce a character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, so then that's when his mom, along with uh, his dire wolf, comes in and, and saves his life. Uh, Bran's life, that is. Mm-hmm. And so Bran goes ahead and he starts, uh, well, he's sitting there just staring at Littlefinger and Littlefinger's spinning his shit. And, you know, 
I'm a little bothered by the access Littlefinger has to everyone. Like, <laughs> he is in there. And he, he, everyone suspects it. Why would you let someone that is so deceitful so close to what's going on? I do not understand the proximity. But there he is, front and center with Bran, the returning Stark. And uh, so he starts uh, spinning his shit, gives him the dagger. And uh, Bran's like, um, chaos is a ladder. Which is a speech that he had with Varys like a little while ago, which pretty much set the tone for, you know, those two. Right. The, little, the yin and yang, those two. Yeah. Yeah. He he basically threw Littlefinger's words uh, right back in his face, letting Littlefinger know that, hey, I really do see some, like, he really does see some shit. It's not just talk. He really knows everything. I'm not sure Littlefinger knows that much. I think he's just like, whoa. Whoa, what is this? And as he's processing it, when Mira is when Mira comes in, yeah. Well, if he don't know, he's gonna know. I, I have, I, I think it might be in Littlefinger's best interest to get the hell out of Dodge, because yeah. I feel yes. like I feel like between Brand knowing everything, mm-hmm. um, Arya being there and uh, willing to, you know, who would cut him up fucking a minute for her sister or anybody else in her family. Uh, mm-hmm. Brienne being there, who also uh, does not like him and would be, you know, can't wait to cut his ass down, just waiting for the word from Sansa. Between Sansa uh, and them finding out that all of the Ravens, all of the messenger messages sent by Raven are archived and are he- held in the server down in the basement in Winterfield and can be recalled at any time. Between all of that, it's not looking good for Littlefinger because at some point. Some of his dirt and his double dealings and double crossing and communications he sent, the ravens he sent to Ramsey Snow when he was occupying Winterfield, something's going to come out. Or Brand or something, Brand's going to spill something that he knows that Littlefinger, something, I just think something could come out and it could jeopardize Littlefinger's life. So if he if I use his life, he might want to get out of Winterfield. But if he's so smart, what the hell is he still doing there? <laughs> I don't even see his purpose. <laughs> well, he's working. You know, he's always working an angle. And I think he's you know try- what I think his angle is going to be with Sansa. He's trying to marry her. When he get, he's going to get her to separate from them. I, I feel it maybe is a possible twist because he's going to convince her, "Hey, Arya's an assassin. You know, Jon Snow came back from the dead. Bran's a fucking wizard. You know, <laughs> uh, you're normal like me. You should be with me with normal people. Come on." And she'll be like, "I'm powerless," and she'll be out. I don't. I don't think that's going to be his 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 Mac. But uh, it's, I, it's an angle. It's more than what I got. It is an angle, and I do think he's going to try and and marry her or something something like that at some point. But I don't think that he's going to take that approach though. <laughs> but that's an interesting approach, nonetheless. Hey, gotta use. You know, it's, he's all he's doing is sizing up what he's got. Yeah. What other angle could they go? So anyway, Mira comes in, interrupts that, and she um. She wants, hey, I'm going to go with my family. Uh, I'm going to go. And uh, and you know what? I had, As soon as I saw him, I was like, Dr. Branhatton. And I forgot it. And then I see everyone else saying, Dr. Branhatton. Don't you love that? When you have an idea and it just, everyone else, well, it's not like, an, anyway. I was, anyway, that's one of those fucking not so original thoughts you think is original. <laughs> right. Anyway. So, Mira's pissed that Bran doesn't have emotions. And, uh, but I'm like, like what, right. is, what is she's acting like some lovesick puppy or something like like she just I found mean, out that she's the side chick or something. I'm like, she has a valid point. Wait, what valid point? 
She she said that it's time for her to go. You don't need me anymore. I'm going back to my family. He's like, yeah, you're right. I don't need you anymore. Thank you. Thank you for thanking. She's like, thank you. Like he just said, bitch, get the fuck out. I'm not. He said he said thank you, and then she says thank you, as if he said, bitch, get the fuck out of here. That's not what he said. He said thank you, and then he's like, yes, thank you for all that you've done. And then she's like, you're married. They're not married. Got a lady. You know that you. You know, man. That's you not gotta, his. You gotta, you gotta zhuzh it up a little, man. What are you talking about? You can't just be like, "All right, bitch, that's cool." All right, yeah, that's cool. You gotta be like, "All right, baby, take it easy." You know, you gotta put, you gotta sing a little bit. He didn't sing for her. That's not his woman. He gave her brother's life, Hodor's life, the direwolf's life. Well, he for... went through all that. Drag his ass through the frozen tundra, and he's like, "Peace, bitch." She's like, "What?" Come on, right? You know, you know, a little hug, something. So she she wasn't too pleased. Did she see how he greeted his sister? Who had he hadn't seen since he was like two years old or something? But I ain't her. He didn't greet his sister I like he barely batted an eye when he saw his sister that he hadn't seen in two two since he was two years old. Who thought he was dead? His sister doesn't have calluses on her hands from that fucking carriage. He said thank you. What was he supposed to do? Drop down and give her oral? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's going on in the show. They got a theme established. <laughs> I mean, come anyway. on. Like, what so, does yeah. she want? Like, so fuck that. Bounces. That's it. She's like, oh, and her good line was, uh, uh, what did she say? She goes, uh, you died in the cave. Yeah, you died in the cave. Yeah, now that's what he's been trying to tell you, dumbass. Yeah, well. Like, so, Brand, okay, so then Arya, right? Now it's happening. Right. Arya shows up at Winterfell. And then I hear Reunited playing in the background. Uh-huh. Those strings. And then they morph into the rings of cashmere. And she goes on a killing spree. No. Uh, <laughs> she has a little tete-a-tete with these two guards. Reminiscent of when she left. Uh, Looking like little- a medieval Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. This maybe was the effect of the uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia direction. That scene right there was played for comedy. Yeah, they were more sad than they were funny. But yeah, so she uh they like, yeah, blah blah blah, then sit here and she then they start going back and forth, she turns around, she's gone. And uh she goes and they wind up with Sansa. Interesting though that Sansa doesn't have a barrier. Like they didn't there wasn't a commander or a supervisor, like a shift supervisor they could have gone to to report it. Like then they have to go like a couple levels before they get to Sansa. Anyway, she's there. They're there immediately yeah, talking about this nonsense story. Could have been anybody, but uh, you know, but then they say the names that she said and which was really as bumbling as they were was pretty good on their part. So yeah. I guess they have their, their good qualities. <laughs> so they recited those names and Sansa recognized some, that it might be her. And so Arya turns out down at Ned Stark's cave or grave. Right, his tomb. Yeah. Looking at his effigy. And they both uh, and Sansa shows up. Do I have to call you Lady Stark? She's yes. like, yes. I'm like, bitch, you don't call John King. So well, I, you know, they, she knew she knew they were playing. It's sisters, man. You got you got to understand. This is a woman's season, man. You gotta have some emotions when you're watching this show. Don't tell me you didn't feel any emotions, Dino Red, when you was watching these sisters and brother reunite. But we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> so they're in the. Is that a sepulcher? What's a sepulcher? Do you know that one? That's a church word. A sepulcher. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> a tomb. Okay. So would this be that? 
<laughs> yeah, that would. Yeah, that's a, pretty much. Right. I believe so. Yeah. So they're there, and it's a nice scene with Sansa and Arya, and um, and they're saying it doesn't look like him because they're all of them died, and they both acknowledge they have tough roads, and they say, "Oh, our story's not over," and they, you know, woman up. And uh, mm-hmm. and the fist, and then they hug again. This time, Ari actually hugs Sansa because the first time she ain't really. This time, she was into it, and that was nice. Well, you know, they're not really close. Actually, actually or you know, or at least they hadn't been. You know, I think they're all close now because well, of now, what what they've yeah. been through and whatever. But or you know, or or feel more closer to each other. But growing up, you know, that's why Sansa made the comment that she made. Like I can't wait till John sees you because he was happy to see me and I treated him like shit. Like you, you were his favorite. So when he sees you, you know, you guys had a great relationship. They yeah, they ain't playing, and that's I, I like that it shows the maturity of their relationship that they can you know just go there. They don't have to beat around the bush. I like I like the writing on this. This this is in a really good episode. Like up to this point, everything that's happened has been solid. Like oh. there's not been a wasted moment in this whole damn thing so far, and we still got a lot to go. Yeah. So, Arya and Sansa they do that, and then uh, and then Sansa hits her with the, and Bran's here too. She's yeah. Like word. Yeah. So and Sansa's like, and so when Arya, well, we didn't see this, but when Arya turns around, Sansa's like, ooh, I'm gonna see how this show fucking goes because I know how my recep- my reception was. So they wind up going to, and it looked like some shit out of like Narnia or something, but it was really cool, like a like the Cell that movie, the Cell, like some weird 1990s MTV when it was decent artistically video, you know. Anyway, yeah. um, and they go to see Branch by the tree, and Arya sees him, and, uh, and he's got his he's got his uh, his little um, wheelchair made by the Maester. Yeah, yeah, he's got good, his, good for engineers. Yeah. And he and then uh, Arya sees him and she runs and she gives him a big old hug and everything and he's still he's still Mister Ice even with because he's not Bran he doesn't have emotions anymore he's the Raven and it's it's not he he ain't about that life no more. See, I don't know if it's that he doesn't have the emotions anymore as much as he's new to this whole thing and it's it's so much like he's just now a part of. He's the bigger thing inside himself, and he's a small part of it. And the better he gets a control of it, I'm feeling the better he'll be able to express who he is. Like the Three-Eyed Raven, the older version, he was expressive. He wasn't zone, zoned out, but you figure that with time, you know, he gets better with it. And Bran's just so new with it that he just can't – He it's too much, it's, and he's just taking it all in. Yeah, That's that, my take. That might be the case, but by the time he gets to the point where he's got emotions, the show will be over, so – yeah, for so, right now, he just don't have emotions. And so he says to Sa- to Arya, "Yeah, I saw you at the crossroads." And Sansa's like, "Yeah, he sees, he has visions." And uh, and then he brings up the list because uh, earlier uh, they mentioned the list of uh, Arya's death list. And Sansa's like, uh, "Ha ha ha!" And they joked it off. And this time, Bran brings it up, and Sansa's like, "So who else is on your list?" And then Bran breaks out the dagger, and he's like. Uh, Hey, you want this dagger? She's like, you don't want it. She's like, oh, what's a cripple gonna do with it? Yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah. that's Valerian steel, dog. He's like, yeah, it's useless with a cripple, though. And he's yeah. like, you, you, you'll fuck some shit up. So why don't you take it? She was like, word. So she gets it, and then it's that beautiful freaking shot of them going through that that 
gate, the three remaining Stark kids, and it's uh, it's a really nice shot, and Bran sees them, and Podrick's like, hey, you did a good job with him, Malaya, and Bran's like, ah, shut the fuck up! And he's like, nah, she's like, okay. And she says, Malaya, whatever. So they had a nice scene. So the Starks are back, and it's very nice. Right. Uh-huh. So then they go over to uh, Dragonstone, and uh, Masande and Khaleesi are talking about... Having girl talk. They, yeah. just, they just got yeah. through watching Girl Trip and they having Girl Talk. So they talk. Mm-hmm. So they got into some deets and uh, Miss Sandy's all, all like, "Girl, you heard from my man?" And uh, Khaleesi's all like, "Nah, but he'll be back though, boo. He'll be back." And she, and then Miss Sandy's all like, "He better bring his ass home." And Miss Sandy's and then uh, Khaleesi's like, "What? What you mean? What happened? What's going on between y'all?" Like. Is he hitting? What? What? And and uh, Miss Sandy's like, you know, we we did some things, we did some stuff, you know. Our girl, I'm gonna have to tell you. And then they like exchange these little looks and stuff, whatever. And they just like seriously have this girl moment. And then John comes around the lockers wearing his varsity jacket, like, "Hey, girls, <laughs> you want to come see something in the cave?" And they're like, <laughs> "You want to see something cool?" <laughs> so then they go off to the cave. Or as John calls it, where he knows how to seduce a woman. <laughs> you know, him and Egret had the time in the cave. So, <laughs> you know, he's got those cave eyes. I don't think John has had any since then. That was a long time ago. Hey. And so he's looking at her in the in the under the fire. He's holding her hand, saying, "Let me guide you this way." And she's saying, "I'm I'm I'm seeing something." that I know is like the history that I've known all my life and this is what I've known and he's like yeah well what you know is about to get all fucked up the children of men and men or the children of the forest and men were actually together fighting the white walkers right. and she's like oh shit well I guess I'll fight for you then if you bend a knee right so yeah so she got evidence to finally satisfy her uh, her skepticism the, all the hieroglyphs and whatnot that was written in there, whatever I, I, I guess, uh, was, you know, s- sufficient enough to convince her, and and, uh, and quench all her doubt. And uh, she's like, and then she finally came at him decently, you know, and they went went back and forth again about him bending the knee. But mm-hmm. you can see he's starting to come around. You know, she's starting to soften up a little bit, and he's starting to soften up a little bit. Basically, what I got was him saying, look, lady, this is going to take a minute. You know, um, you know, I I can't just go back saying this is what's up. You know, this is going to be a minute. She's like, she's kind of seeing it, you know. And so they decide they're they're done with that little chat, and they walk out. And this is a shot that's just like the Stark shot, where they're a shot from behind going through a tunnel again. And this time, it's the two remaining Targaryens. So it's like... Beautiful how they frame that, and it was awesome. They come out to Varys and Tyrion, who have some interesting news for him. Yeah. <laughs> so he says, we got Casterly Rock. She's like, okay, that's cool. And there's something else. They're looking and all for- pitiful. And she's like, why y'all look all pitiful if we just won a battle? Yeah. It was like, uh, well, we really kind of didn't win. And this is the time where it's like, I mean, it is what it is, and this is still a great episode, but the thing about a lot of these scenes that happen, they 
ordinarily seemed like they would have been cut like that Jon Snow and when they were in the cave. Like there was a couple times you thought it could have been over, but it kept going. It was like more, 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 and it was all good, good, good. It wasn't like wasted any of it. So that was awesome. So it was a little bit of a disappointment when it just she you see Tyrion's face and then it just cuts to her walking away pissed. And then Davos is like, uh, you want us to go? She's like, no, you stay. Well, well, they did that because like they didn't they didn't need. I mean, you know, screen time and stuff is valuable on the show. So they didn't yeah. need for us to be exposed to exposition of what we already knew the formation. No, well, I mean, basically what they they had to explain to her what we already knew about Castro like being taken, but it being worthless and all that. We already knew all that. We didn't need to hear that again. So that was a good decision, in, um, in my opinion, for them to cut that and then just, you know, have her walking away pissed after she got the got caught up to where we were. Mm. You know, we didn't need that didn't need to be on camera. But cool. yeah, so she's she's walking away like pissed, like I'm been I'm losing this war. I lost every battle because of, and she's really mad at Tyrion, really mad. Yeah. And <laughs> even when Tyrion started talking, I was like, "Dude, shut up!" And she was like, "Dude, shut up!" <laughs> yeah, she definitely could use uh, Sir Jorah's uh, counsel right now, and she also turned to Jon Snow and asked his opinion. And you know, he basically, you know, it was interesting too. What it is like? It seems like everybody. I don't. I guess it's because people don't really know or understand dragons. They don't. They haven't been exposed to them. So I get. I, I get that. And mm-hmm. what what seems to be the the consensus is that the perspective that Tyrion comes from is that if you turn the dragons loose, then they're gonna go buck wild, burn down castles and cities and whatever else, and that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like okay, dragons aren't nukes you know what i'm saying they're intelligent they're highly intelligent right so you can use the dragon in spurts and in places strategically and not just at random and just let them loose and let them just burn up all of westeros Tyrion is kind of making it seem like it's an either or type of thing like either you let the dragons loose and they just burn everything to hell or you don't use the dragons and khaleesi finally showed that that's not the situation but that seems to be his point of view. But John just told her, like, look, you know, if you go and burn up castles and cities like every like your daddy did and like all these other cold blooded, tyrannical motherfuckers, then you won't be in any different to them in their eyes and they won't love you. You know, they might fear you. But they're not going to love you. And she wants to be loved. She doesn't want to be feared. She wants to be loved. She wants to be loved and respected. And so he's like, just know that. Just know that. If you just go and show. She was like, you know, well, cool. You know, I I can use my dragons without doing that. And she did that. She, you know, well, I'm getting a little ahead of us. But we we see later on where she used the dragons strategically. You know, there was no innocence that was harmed. So. So, yeah. But I feel like that just comes from them not being, you know, up on on dragons, not being around dragons and not really knowing dragons. It's like, who who knows dragons? Nobody. They haven't even seen a dragon. And a dragon hasn't even been seen in their lifetime and in, in, mm-hmm. in year, years beyond their lifetime. So it makes sense that they would be ignorant as to, you know, how dragons behave and, and whatnot. Okay. 
So they got their they going to learn today. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we got the uh next scene we got Podrick and uh, Brienne sparring as usual. Podrick's getting his ass beaten as, as usual. usual. <laughs> Brienne's giving a lesson. But I have to usual. say though, it, it seemed like Podrick is doing, even though he's still getting his ass whooped very badly, he's coming along very, very, very slowly. I mean, let's let's face it, Podrick is not a fighter. He is a lover. He is not a fighter. Uh, we know this firsthand. Uh, but, um, he, he, you know, he's, he's trying, you know, he don't have anything else to do, but to, but to learn and he's trying, but, uh, poor Padre, he's never going to be, he's never going to be, uh, you know, he's never going to be a master. No, we're not even close. At the same time, if he's training with like one of the best, then he'll be okay with an average person. So he'll be all right when the time comes. Right. Right. So they're doing their thing, and Brand's giving a lesson, and Arya interrupts her and says, and when she, Brand's saying, well, don't, and Arya's like, and don't fight somebody that looks like her. So, <laughs> so Arya goes in, I, I want to train with you. And Brand, and uh, Brienne's like, eh, you know, mealy mouth, whatever. And then uh, Arya's <laughs> like, you made no bitch. And Brand's like, all right, what do you got? And so they start going at it. And Arya's getting the better of her. And Arya's getting the better of her. Riri, Riri versus Bri-Bri. I was here for it, man. I was, oh, I was so into it. Mm-hmm. Riri versus Bri-Bri. The battle. It was, was a great, it was a great, a great bout. And then, uh. And Riri Arya kicked that ass. Three that. to one. Yeah, yeah. Three to one. Brienne kicked the hell out of her. And she still got right back up and pointed her, bested her. Yeah, she gave her the Andre the Giant kick. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so they're going back, and Brienne knocks the sword out. But it really looked like Arya tossed it, but it made it look like Brienne did it. And then uh, she used the dagger that she got from Bran, and they kind of went you know, neck to neck with each other. And it was like, ah, good times, right by all. And meanwhile, Sansa's looking at it, and Littlefinger's looking at her. Again, the access, not liking it. So... It's it's Littlefinger. What, what's he gonna do? He's not gonna do anything. Littlefinger is not a fighter. He can't fight, so he's not gonna. And that's not even his style. He's Littlefinger's not gonna do anything. He interjects. Yeah, he interjects. His interjections aren't right, desired. but he doesn't even interject that much because Sansa su- shuts him down. Like as soon as he opens his mouth, you know. Yes, so. it's part of the game. <laughs> you can't trust the snake, man. <laughs> And and no one does. No one does. Freaking Carcetti. Speaking of no one, Brienne asks Arya, who taught you that? And then Arya smiles and goes, no one. Yep. <laughs> that was slick. Of course, so we know then, what that uh, means. I don't know if Brie knows. Mm. So John and Davos are uh, walking down the steps, those cool steps that everybody keeps walking up and down. I mean, hell, you got a great scene. Might as well use it. So... Davos, uh, Davos acts uh, like they're in junior high school. What, yeah. you, th- what you think of yeah. the hot chick? What you think of the new head cheerleader? And John's like, who are you talking about? And, and then Davos is like, you know who I'm talking about, the hot one, the new head cheerleader. And, and John's like, man, ain't nobody got time for that. He's like, he's like, I think she cool. I think she got a good heart. He's like, yeah, I know she's staring at her heart, staring at them titties. 
them tigos and John like, man, ain't nobody got time for that. I'm about that. I'm about that life. I'm about that warrior life, man. I'm trying to save this this damn country. Ain't nobody got time for that. And then John says for like the nineteen thousand time, I've seen the Night King. I looked into his eyes. I'm like, he wake up in the morning saying that shit. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> brush my teeth with it. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then Davos being the wacky neighbor on a 1980 sitcoms like. Speaking of good hearts, here's my Sunday. Yeah, speaking, and, speaking of Tiggos. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so they get into a really good conversation. Again, another great scene. Well, at least for Masande, she gets to say something like of substance. Um, where they're asking her about her life and like how'd you wind up becoming the uh you know, the number two for the for the queen. Right. And she's like, Hey, by choice. We all like her. And I'm just oh, by the way, she's standing there waiting for the unsullied ship to come back, like like a sad puppy dog in a in a dog store window. And while they're talking, a boat does show up, but it's not the Unsullied. It is a Greyjoy ship. Mm-hmm. And uh, Theon and company come up on shore face-to-face with Jon Snow. I don't think they haven't seen each other since the first season. Yes. And, and Theon just since was not expecting John Since Jon left for the wall was the last time they saw each yeah. other. So I'm sure... He, now, do you think he knows about the whole story? Because, I mean, he knew it Sansa did for him which means Sansa must have told him so do you think Sansa told about the reek part uh I don't know if he knows about that or not he knows about his he knows he knows about his part he knows the part that he played in overtaking Winterfell he knows about that so you know that's that's the part that's all that matters and and that's the part that he that's why he wanted to kill him and the only reason why he didn't kill him is because he helped Sansa escape Ramsey. Right, but he was Reek when he was Sansa. And so I don't think he would Jon Snow would have known that Sansa escaped with his help if Sansa hadn't told him. I I'm, I don't understand what you're saying. Like I don't know how else Jon Snow would have known that Theon as Reek or Theon helped Sansa escape. Right? Unless Sansa told Jon Snow, like how else would he have known? Right. That she, yeah, she told him. So obviously, if she had told him. Then do you think that he also told him about the the dick cut off and being the reek and torture and all that other shit? I don't know. She may have. Like, do you I'm, think? I'm wondering if Jon I mean, Snow's looking at Theon as just Theon or Theon as dude that went through the torture. I don't. I don't think he. I don't think he sees two different people like we do. Even if even if that's told to him. He's not going to comprehend it the way that we saw it because it's not going to be the same. You know what I'm saying? It's just he's still just Theon to him. Like, that's not really I don't there's no differentiation between the two for him. It's just Theon, Reek, whatever. That's yeah, he might know he went through some shit or whatever, but that he knows Theon. He sees Theon. That's that's all he sees is Theon. That's the way I see it. So, yeah, he's like, yeah, um. So they have their little tete-a-tete, and uh, then Theon's like, yeah, we came to get help so I can get my sister. And uh, they're like, yeah, she ain't here. And like, where'd she go? And they cut to Jamie and Bronn again. And this is actually where the guy's talking about flogging. And this is where Bronn meets <laughs> Dickon. Yeah, Dickon. And he makes fun of him right there. He's laughing, and that's it. Was a very funny. <laughs> like his reaction was pretty funny. Bronn's a good actor. I like that dude, man. So that was a little weird to me, though, because I felt like that name should have been funny to us, but not to him. 
it's a funny name, especially if they said Dick in the show, so it's established. So, you know. And one thing that someone else mentioned that I didn't notice is that that's a different Dick on than in the prior episode that he was in there. I didn't pick up on that, so. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they're uh, they're there and they're dicking around, <laughs> and uh, Bron's like, oh, 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 he's like, oh, they don't teach about people shitting themselves in war at fancy lad school, which I like, and uh, and then they were sitting there, and then he's like, hold up a second, and they heard the rumbling, and right. they're like, huh, what's going on? And they see that, oh wait, that's a Creston Hill. We don't know what's going on there. We're exposed, and we hear hooves. We're at war. Line them up. And this is when the shit starts to go down. What we have is a big silence, which was an awesome silence. It was wonderful uh, because it built the tension. And next thing you know, it's the uh, Dothraki coming over the hill. And it's so cool because it's like some fantasy thing where it's like uh, Roman soldiers versus the Indians of the cowboys and Indians. Right. So it's like uh, it's, it's cool to see. And just when they're like, all right, they're coming down, get your spears. And it's, by the way, beautifully shot. Like, beautifully shot. Like, from what I understand, they had, like, some, um, like, car or cameras that were mounted on something that were able to go, like, up to 80 miles an hour so they could get that shot of the Dothraki, like, guy on the horse. Like, this is wonderful. And it's like the Vista, and there's, like, a big the rock formation everything. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Right. And so uh, they're coming, and they're like, okay. And uh, what's his name? Bron's telling Jamie, you got to get out of here, man. Go back to King's Landing. He's like, nah, man, fuck that. I ain't leaving. Yeah. And he's like, well, they're about to go through us. So like, my name ain't Reek. What's what that? Jamie's like, my name ain't Reek. My name ain't yeah. Theon Greyjoy. I don't run. And so just when they start getting closer, and again, you get another beautiful shot. They're lining up, and they're like, all right, well... <sighs> Guess we got to do this. And they're like, well, if we steal up, I guess we can handle it. And then what comes into view? A motherfucking dragon. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the shit goes down. It's fire in the field. Well, we've been waiting for for six years. This entire episode, it's like everything has led to like this. This is like everything ended at the last episode this is the beginning of the finale this is part one the first half of the next season and then part two is the third act of this we're at the end this this is the beginning of the end right here and surely uh the dragon's laying waste to these fucking people was that yeah and Bron makes his way to the scorpion which who knew that was there but okay they brought it with them and they had it and uh they needed it so Bronze lining up, and then Tyrion's looking at all this stuff that's happening. And uh, again, with the beautiful shots. Just Daenerys soaring, and they're on the water, and just a lot. This is beautiful. Beautiful to look at. Yeah, the and, CGI is amazing. Yes! For all the complaints that everyone says about the CGI on the show, man, I'm not a CGI expert, so I don't give a shit. I'm able to, like, make it work in my head. You know, I get the what you're trying to say, but here, man wonderful wonderful shots point of view shots even when bronze lining up the scorpion like and gets the dragon in his sights yeah amazing it looks and real Tyrion comes up direct the thrack he's like your people cannot fight son and, he's like uh, yeah he's like he's like your people are bitches <laughs> that, I don't know if you had the SAP on, but my subtitles didn't say that. But okay. Maybe it's different on the West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> so 
<laughs> Ron takes the takes the fire. Oh, but not but not before the uh, the guy with the arrows. For some reason, they thought arrows were going to work, and uh, the dragon just shot his belly at it, and that didn't do anything. So anyway, the second shot that Bron lines up, this is a really good shot. He lines it up again, lets it off, and for some reason, why would the dragon fly directly at the thing? But whatever. And Bron lets one off, and he gets him in the shoulder. And it's a cool shot watching that dragon like lose control out of the air. Bronze happy because he freaking hit him, and he's wheeling around again, ready to make a kill shot if he can. Tyrion's watching this. You know, see what the- what Khaleesi should have done. Now, after that first uh, arrow went past and missed, mm-hmm. that's when she should have charged from behind Bron and the Scorpion. It doesn't. At that point, it didn't matter because it takes a couple of minutes to reload. It, he didn't have any help. He's reloading himself. She could have went at him straight on from behind. It, it didn't really matter. The fastest route, straight at him. She should have went at him straight away and burnt up that damn thing like yeah. she did the other time. But yeah. instead, she, after the miss, she circles around. And in, in circling around, she gave him a chance to reload. Reload. And yeah. he was ready when he when she, by the time she came back. And I was like, why is she... Okay, he had already missed. He shot his load. Why did she turn away? She should have kept going. She should have been like C4 to your door. No beef, no more. She should have been like (laughs) Dracarys. So that didn't happen. Nope. Uh, But when she finally does make her way around um, and is flying directly at it for Mm -hmm. some reason, um, she gets it off that she's flying down. And then when she's coming down, She's able to come back around enough so that it's in the face of Bron, fires off the fire, and somehow Bron manages to be the one guy that's able to jump away from the fire. Apparently everybody else is fucking burned up to shit, but Bron, okay, so whatever. Okay, <laughs> we'll let that go because this has been an excellent episode so far. And he sees a horse, and he sees the dragon. The dragon comes down, Daenerys jumps off. The dragon uses its tail and destroys some shit, like, right in your face. If you had 3D, that would have been really cool. Daenerys gets off the dragon, goes to take the spear off, and who sees it? Jamie Lannister. Mm-hmm. Jamie Lannister, what I don't understand is how he had his, uh, the weak hand holding the horse and the other hand holding the spear. How's he even, like, getting a grip on the thing if he's just got a stud for a hand? For uh, whatever, though. Um, and as he's going towards it, the dragon shows up, someone tosses Jamie off of the horse and the water that the horse was just running on somehow is now deep enough for Jamie to be in and he's sinking into the water and that is how the episode ends. Freaking amen. Do you think Jamie's dead or alive? Hell no, he's alive. Yeah. Get that fuck out of here. They ain't killing off main character like that. I don't even I'm I'm upset people are even like making the question. Like the dude's not dead. This is I don't even really like, but I don't understand why the people are up in arms about the uh, Confederate shows. But okay, whatever. It's me. <laughs> reel it in, reel it in, Lamont. No, it's real. It's all, real. all over the place, a little bit. <laughs> it's real. Yeah, it, this this was a great episode. It was actually the shortest episode ever. Uh, I think it was about uh, forty seven minutes. Um, Impact. One of the best shows ever, if not the best. And uh, it was the most watched episode ever, um, in, in, even in spite of all, the, in spite of the the, the hack, you know, right. it, it was hacked. It went out that. early when, and everything, and 
Yeah, I've, I've been watching this episode since since last so was it Thursday or Friday or something like that. Mm. And uh, yeah, so. So did you when you watched it? What was the quality? It was good. It wasn't a, it wasn't HD, but it was a good standard definition uh, quality. It was great. Mm. I watched it on my okay. computer at work and almost nutted all over my desk. Did anyone circle around you at work? Anyone circle around me? Like who? Yeah, because if I saw somebody watching that show, I'd be like, and that's out the week early. Get the fuck out. Yo. Yo. Like, <laughs> they left you alone. You were, oh, you got an office probably? Oh, well, I'm, I'm the boss, so. Oh, psh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, of my, one, of, one of my uh, colleagues, I offered it to him, but he was like, nah, he's like, I watch it with my my friend. I can't watch it early. She'll be mad at me. I was like, okay, whatever. Well, it looks like next week we get some White Walker action. So, yeah. All right. So, what a great episode. I hate that this is, of all the episodes for Latone to Did miss, you just forget you were recording? No. Okay. Why? why? <laughs> it sounded like you went, oh, right, all right. No, no. Um, no, I, didn't, I didn't, didn't forget it all. But, uh, so, um, all right. Kill of the week. What you got? Who you got? What's your kill of the week? Well, there was only all that death. There wasn't any options. So I'm going to go with the existential, the kill of the end of the first part of this whole story. They killed it off and started fresh right here. Every character was like, there's a bubble of everything that happened prior to this episode. And then this character is now here in this episode. Like, everything that happened, happened. And this is the episode they're in. So I'm saying the death to everything that came before that still lives in memory, but now the living part of this show is what we are going forward with from this point on. Okay. Promise me this. The next, next from now on when you do the show, just cut back on the, on the lead. <laughs> just cut back. Just, just It's an artistic expression, cut, man. If cut you can't back. handle the art, cut back on, on the you. weed. Just say no. Just say no. All right, my 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 kill of the week is when Riri takes out Bribri. That's that's what I'm going with. When there, see, you need to stop eating plain sauce. <laughs> <laughs> that's my kill. What, what what do you got for your uh, what's your quote? Oh, yeah. Um. Oh shit! I have it up on my screen too. Fuck! I noticed you staring at that good heart. <laughs> okay nice mine is chaos is a ladder just because okay the, yeah I, I like the callback from like damn near does was that like the first or second season you know yeah. The, yeah i think it was the first season call back to the first season i like that i like that it's kind of it's a simple it's a, it's a simple phrase but yeah. it's got it carries a lot of weight you know, it's a callback. It lets Littlefinger know that brand. You ain't getting nothing past me, motherfucker. I see everything. You and know, even if you want to encapsulate that dagger story, like saying this is the dagger story, which is in the bubble of my artistic expression metaphor from before. Like everything that happened with that dagger is in a bubble, and now here it is. Thank you. Just say no. Just say no. <laughs> Oh, oh, here's another thing, because this thing is still playing, and they're showing, like, the story. The drawings that were in the cave were also how the bodies were laid out when they found them, like, out in the wild. All right, Lamont, tell people where they can find you. 
Uh, yes, L- or shit. I don't know. Twitter. It doesn't matter. I don't. I don't. No one follows me. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to look, if you want to check out uh, Latone, you will find him. At Latone Hart, that's H E A R T. Latone, all one word. Latone at Latone Hart, and uh, Latone Hart on Facebook as well. And I am the Shiznit Show, or at the Shiznit Show, every place. The Shiznit oh, Show on LS Rules on Facebook. There it is. There you go. Or Dino Red on Facebook. So, and uh, don't forget to check out our main show. The Shiznit Show is back. All new crew, same old shiznit. Check us out. Um, and that is it for now. So until next week. Thanks, Dino. Hey, thank you, sir. Uh, special thanks to uh, Lord Latone. I mean, uh, for uh, a special thanks to Lamont, Lord uh, Sir Lamont, for holding it down for Lord Latone. And again, um, shout out to the family. We will see you next week. Dino Red, holla at your boy. Enough of all this. Finish him. You're listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network.